You're listening to the Ideal Life Club podcast, episode 32. Welcome to the Ideal Life Club podcast, where it's all about fast-tracking your ideal life. Join your host, life coach, and author of The Happiness Habits Transformation, Michelle Reeves, for inspiration and practical tips to finally claim success on your terms with clarity, confidence, and the courage to unleash your passion on the world. Michelle here and welcome back to the Ideal Life Club podcast. One of my goals for this podcast is to share real life stories of women who have overcome challenges to live their ideal life or help others to do just that. They may not be film stars or celebrities but they've become the heroine in their own life story, living their dreams and empowering others while staying true to themselves. My aim with these interviews is to inspire you to find your passion, step out into your power, set yourself exciting goals and know that you have the strength inside you to overcome your challenges and start living your ideal life. Today, I'm delighted to welcome a YouTuber to the show who has over half a million subscribers and whose videos regularly get millions of views. Maggie Woodley, more widely known as Red Ted Art, is also an award-winning blogger and author, passionate about inspiring parents to get crafty, try something new and explore art with their kids. Maggie took the transferable skills from her time as a management consultant and applied them as she grew her business, building on her own passion for crafting with her children. Her six-figure business now supports her family while still fitting in with her life. In our interview, you'll hear how Maggie made the decision to shift out of corporate life, the steps she took to make that transition, including the small but realistic goals she set herself, the support community that she relies upon in her personal growth and development, the importance of experimenting in your business and capitalizing on your strengths. Maggie also shares her tips for getting started on YouTube without being overwhelmed, how comparing ourselves with others can be a major barrier in this and other areas of our businesses, the daily practices and habits she uses to maintain her energy and her tips for starting or growing a business around your passions. As always, you'll find all the links for connecting with Maggie in the show notes at michellereevescoaching.com forward slash listen. So welcome to the show, Maggie. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Well, because firstly, you have a brand new book which came out on the 10th of September. So we will definitely be talking about that. And congratulations again. But just first, I wanted to take a moment to share more about your journey with us, really, because while the world knows you and loves you as Red Ted Art, you haven't always run your own business. And in fact, you started out as a management consultant. Is that right? That's right. So firstly, thank you so much for having me. And um, yes, I think if you look at sort of where I came from and where I'm now, it's two completely different worlds. So uh, I I did the, you know, came out of university, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, wanted to find a good job that was interesting and, you know, exciting. And lots of twists and turns because I actually did a mechanical engineering degree and I uh, but was and I didn't land in engineering I ended up in consulting and that was mainly because it was just exciting and fun and different and challenging and all those kind of things and um, when I went to sort of my job interviews as a 
you know fresh graduate I just thought it was a really exciting environment to be in and do to be in and so I came to London and uh, to be fair I did really enjoy it it was really fun it was very busy they worked us very hard but they also did that classic work hard play hard um, and I, I learned loads uh, and, and I think it, it, the things I learned then actually have helped me a lot with what I'm doing now even though it's worlds apart so I think any job you do, wherever it takes you, there's so much, so many transferable skills all the way along. Um, so yeah, so I did my management consultancy, just changed jobs a couple of times, uh, ended up in in-house um, project management role uh, when I then had my first child. Um, that was in 2008, if I can remember his birthday. And then like many parents who, or first time parents, uh, who then sort of think about work, what, what do you do once your children are born? Do you go back to your old job? Do you find something new? Do you not work at all? And I think everyone's got a different point of view in terms of what works for them. And for me, I had like three criteria when I was thinking about work. One was obviously money, because that's one of the reasons to work. The second one was about commuting. So in other words, how much time does it take to get to your job when you've got small children in a nursery waiting for the pickup and you're rushing around like mad and trying to fit in a career and pickups. And then the third one is how much do I love my job? And for me, I felt, I felt like you had to have two of those boxes, those three boxes ticked. And to be honest, I didn't have two boxes ticked. I think for me, mainly it was the, the, the pay that was good, but I didn't love my job anymore that much because things had changed whilst I was away. And then also the commute was a pain. So it was about, okay, what do I do now? Um, and figuring out, you know, what, what could you do from home? I mean, it's very daunting um, for, for many people. And my, my, my brother, interestingly, he'd said for years, uh, you know, Maggie, one day you'll be able to earn a living from your crafts. And I was going, well, I don't know, you know, selling things on Etsy is actually quite labor intensive. It's not that straightforward, but you know, maybe. And he goes, no, 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 you can do it. You can do it. And I was going, okay, whatever. And um, when my kids were little, I'd made these uh, pop-art teddies for their bedrooms. So you know how you decorate your nursery and, and you get everything ready and stuff. And I'd been complimented on them. So I'd made some friends, some for their nurseries. And I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe I can sell these, this pop-art. And that's kind of how Red Ted Art came about. I actually was trying to um, sell artwork which I'm a bit embarrassed to call artwork now. I mean, it was, it's nice, but it's, it's you know, I'm not an artist. I'm a much more crafter in that sense. And, um, but I started Red Head Art as, as, as this platform to, to sell art. And uh, my brother, again, who was being super supportive. So I think you always need somebody who's your, your cheerleader. And, you know, my husband was also very supportive, but I think my brother particularly, he was saying, well, I'll build your website and you just get on with, with selling your, or creating and selling your art. So I'd read somewhere um, that starting a blog was a good way to get online very quickly because it's free. It's, it's relatively self-explanatory um, and it's just an online presence very, very quickly. So I did that. I, I set up a blog whilst my brother was working away at my website with a team he had in India and it was taking a little while and, you know, it was, it was you know, a long process. But in the meantime, I started blogging <laughs> mainly to support this opportunity to, to sell some art. And one of the things I learned working, which I'm sure you're familiar with as well, is that um, in order to sell, you need to offer your client something for free. So, um, you know, if you're a management consultancy, you go in by giving them data about the industry that they might not have seen before. And in my case, it was like, well, I want to sell them some art. 
but I'll, how about I just give them some craft ideas to do with their kids for free and then I'll try and sell them my art. And so I start that, that's really how Rented Art, the sort of craft blog started. I was just trying to kind of come up with things to get people interested in what I was doing. And then very quickly I realized actually the craft blog is much more fun. Um, the art I found a bit stressful because I didn't consider myself a real artist. If I, I think that's what it came down to. Uh, so I felt a bit of a fraud. Whilst the craft stuff was, came quite naturally to me. And um, it was something that I enjoyed in my own childhood. Uh, so, I, I, you know, it was, it was exciting for me because I could do something with my kids that I loved when I was little. And I wanted to recreate that love for crafting with them. I had lots of happy memories from, you know, picking up pine cones and conkers and turning them into little animals and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, within about eight months, I could see that the potential for income was there. Um, at, the, at first it was very uh, modest all I wanted to do was kind of pay the food bill so to speak and it just grew from there so it, 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 it was a really nice thing to be able to do with my kids and for us to you know it was very flexible it was all about time together um, and, and it was quite quite a special thing and when when I saw that there was that that potential for growth I just gave it my all and you know 10 years later here I am <laughs> um you know and it's it's supporting the family whilst my husband has a sabbatical so that's great i think it's just such an amazing story maggie and what i love well there's two things i really love about your story first is i love that you took the transferable skills from management consultancy and applied it to yeah. creating this you know new um income generation and 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 i love that and i know you know certainly we tend to sometimes forget that, uh, you know, as we move through life, that a lot of those skills we can take with us. I know yeah. certainly, you know, I've used the skills that I had when I was working um, in the city and applied them to my business. So I love that. And I think it's some, definitely something for everyone listening just to you know, think about what those skills are that you've yeah. got. Think yeah. about how you can apply them in your new fledgling business Absolutely. or if you're trying to grow or, or whatever it is that you're trying to do. And the other, the second thing I really love about your story is how you went back to your passions and, you yeah. know, you started from your passions and said, what do I really love doing? And, you know, what comes easy to me? Because if we can build a business around what we love and what comes easy to us, it's almost like we're not working. Exactly. Right? And I think I think for the first five years, certainly it was very much an overlap between the passion and sharing that passion with my kids to it being work. I'd, I'd say that in the more recent years, maybe the last two years, it feels much more worky than it ever has but again it's not a bad worky I still enjoy it and I still get a lot out of it but I think also because my kids have got older and they're at school now and, and it's easier for me just to get on with it when they're not around so it has changed but it certainly started from that passion and that example of you know um, that sales mantra of give something to make a sale I mean that's one example of, of where I took what I learned in the traditional workforce but there's loads of things I mean that that you know for example um work ethos is is a big thing from from work if you promised a client to deliver on a certain day you deliver and if possible a day early um that applies to both uh if i work with sponsors or brands but also to myself so i've committed to um you know write at least two blog posts a week and i've always stuck to that come rain or shine i've always had those two blog posts out so again i think that's it 
is a promise to your readers. I've promised them regular content and that's what they're getting. So there's lots and lots of things you can take from the workplace and apply to yourself, but you just have to be quite sort of consistent about it and, and um, you know, follow through on your own promises to yourself and to your readers or whoever, whatever it is that you're sort of setting up and trying to grow. I think that's, that's so true. And consistency is, is yeah. so important, especially when we're first starting out and maybe we're not always getting the returns. And I love mm. that, mm. you know, I know when you were first testing out, you, you just said just now that one of your first goals was just to pay for the sh- food shopping. Tell yes. us a bit about how you set those small goals and, and, and why that was important to you to do that. Well, I think uh, this is a really good, that's a really good point to make. And especially when, when a lot of people ask me, you know how how did you do and how much or how do you manage to support your family now blah blah blah. I think if you told me in 2009 that I had to pay the mortgage off the back of my of redhead art it would have scared the living daylights out of me because it was just like such an unattainable unachievable huge goal that was felt would have felt at the time really totally unrealistic um, so I think at the time, the way I looked at it was I'm a stay, well, not a stay at home, I'm, I'm about to come to the end of maternity leave. If I went back to work and had to pay for um, nurseries or nannies or whatever, my take home pay would be this. And you often hear how mums go back to work and they're earning nothing because all their money goes on nannies or, um, you know, or, or they bring home 200 pounds or 300 pounds a month because all the money goes on nurseries and uh, travel and whatever. So I, I think that for me, that was a good goal just because it, it felt like I was breaking even with going back to work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's harder if you've got somebody who's, you know, on a super high salary, then it's, it's you know, you're taking a bigger risk. It's about, it's about opportunity costs, so to speak. Are you risking anything by setting up your own thing or are you just maintaining the same? So I think I was in a position where... Um, because of young children and childcare costs being what they are so high, I had very little pressure to actually make a lot very quickly. Um, and I think, again, back to what I was saying earlier on about my brother being very supportive, but also my husband being very supportive. I think if my family hadn't been supportive, so my in-laws loved it, my, my father thought what I was doing was great, my husband thought it was brilliant, um, again, there was less pressure. And I do appreciate that some people who are starting out on their own sometimes have barriers within the family and that's much more difficult so I feel like I'm very lucky because I had that support right from the word go um I, I think that whole thing about the importance of support is a really interesting point the uh, you know the world of, of, of blogging though I mean how much has that community contributed to your success do you think do you find it's a supportive environment obviously there's you know it's a big it's a big um, landscape out there there's lots of other craft bloggers yeah. and people you know, writing craft books and what have you. So how do you kind of manage that landscape? And do you have to set any boundaries for yourself around that? So um, it's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because yes, my initial support group was, was my family, but then very quickly I, I was able to, again, I was very lucky. I don't know, you know, it's, it doesn't always come that easily, but it, it, for everyone, there is a support community out there. You just have to go out and find it. And um, I have to say the other bloggers have been, invaluable in my personal um growth and development and support i mean of course in every community there's always some little tricky things that pop up but personally i've i've i feel like i've kind of 
not been touched by any of those. Um, I've just I've just had a lot of very positive help and support. And um, by that, it, it's just people that I talk to on a regular basis online. So I've got uh, several different little groups I'm in um, and people will invite you to a group if, if they go, you know, you're talking about a topic and they'll go, oh, I'm, I'm in this group. We talk about that a lot. Why don't you come and join it? You know, that that, that kind of thing. I think orig originally, um, well, initially I found those groups by Twitter. So I think my very, very early on that my social network built up on Twitter. I know that a lot of new bloggers these days have a similar way of connecting via Instagram. So I'm in a couple of groups on Instagram as well, where the others will say, oh, you know, if it wasn't for my Insta group friends, I would be all alone, that sort of thing. Whereas that for me was Twitter, you know, all those years ago. Uh, other people are on Facebook. So there's lots of little ways of, you know, you just have to put yourself out there and start talking to people. And out of those conversations, friendships will form. Um, so for example, on YouTube, uh, which is a completely different platform to blogging really not many bloggers do both again I have my own little community on YouTube and again it's because I went to YouTube events I um, chatted to you know I'd comment on people's videos if they asked me a question I'd reply you know that kind of stuff and I would say I have at least two or three really good friends on YouTube um, you know I probably have like tens of good friends through the blogging community but then that's a different I've been doing that for longer as well um, and it's just about being open with people uh, I know it sounds really cheesy but reaching out <laughs> you know making an effort offering your advice as much as asking for advice you know if people have questions taking the time to answer what you know about that topic so it is really a two-way flow you, you help others they help you and and it makes for a really powerful group of people that can support each other and I'd, I'd and you mentioned other crafters and other um craft blogs and other craft books and again of course they're my competitors but they're also my friends and they also and i think the internet is so big that there's space for all of us um you know there's not really a problem that there's hundreds of other craft blogs you know i work very closely with at least 10 other crafters so you know if if if, if anything it's, it's it gives you strength rather than weakens you i think that's a great point and this whole yeah. idea of competition and you know it's really one of those mindset challenges that I think so yeah. many of us struggle with is yeah. that feeling that um you know there just isn't enough to go around it's that kind of limiting mindset and and feeling like you know because somebody else is doing something that means it takes away from us and we're not able to do it but like you say the internet is a huge space mm. and there's room for everybody and your yeah. ideal customer or reader or viewer or whatever it might be you know they're out there waiting to to try and find you so yeah i think it's really great point and it brings yeah. me on to some of those mindset struggles that, that we all have in business and I'd love to know uh, to start off with how did you go about figuring out the business side of Red Ted Art? Well that, that is again a, a really good topic because I, sometimes I feel I, I could be doing more <laughs> you know I think um, you know what I'm doing right now works really well but uh, you, you, I do sometimes wonder oh I could do even more so I think that's where again it's it's about finding friends and connecting with people in different niches and industries because um sticking with just your own you then everyone starts doing the same thing so you know for example we all have the same ad network which is fine you know and, that, and they're really good ad net network that work really well with us and they give us lots of tips but it's also it's that whole thinking outside of the box thing that you do need to 
you know it is good to have a discussion and conversation with people not in your industry and not in your niche and hear what they're doing and listen to their suggestions and and then um you know planning around that so uh, for me again it was it was very gradual um my target was always to put ads on the website and um and through sort of the automated ad systems that are out there but then there's other bloggers who um earn their living through working with brands i mean i do a little bit of that but not so much so everyone sort of ends up finding what works for them another another blogger and she's amazing she does really well out of selling ebooks and e-products which again, I, I dabble in, but I don't do. So I guess you kind of uh, try out different things. I've got lots of little different income streams, but I know which is my core one, which in my case is ads. So I think it's important to try out lots of different things, see what works for you naturally, in, you know, which fits with your character and what you enjoy creating. So the, the, the friend who likes to do eBooks, she enjoys the process of writing those and she enjoys the process of putting them together and she enjoys the process of selling them to her readers. Whilst I don't like selling so much, so the ad revenue works really well because I'm feeling I'm constantly giving people something for free, which is really nice. And on this, you know, the plus point is I earn. <laughs> so it's all about your personality as well and what you enjoy doing. It's like, an, again, if you're in an office job, you get hired to do something specific and because those are your strengths. Um, so the difficulty with, with something like blogging or setting up your own business is kind of you're doing everything. But even within that, you can still play to your strengths. That's so true. And you're, you're, you know, what you're saying about trying out different things, it's that we you know, call that the experimentation mindset, really. And I think everything in business is about experimentation. It's a really mm. good mindset to have. It kind of takes away some of the pressure and the pain from needing to feel like we need to succeed with everything we do. And, mm. you know, those of us that struggle with perfectionism, I know that's certainly one of my traits. Yeah. Um, and I know there's people out there listening that are exactly the same because you tell me all the time that it's one of the things that you struggle with um, guys so just being really real about that and I think you know being able to just try and see what works for you and and, and be not being afraid to drop what doesn't work yeah yeah that's really important and I was also just saying you know what that's that's not going to work for me and and being okay with that so tell me about YouTube because, you know, video is, I mean, it's the, it's the big thing. It's what everyone says we should be doing. Um, but it is quite a specific uh, platform that has a lot of skills around it and it can be a little bit scary for people. So how did you break into YouTube? Well, uh, I made the, I think it's now five years ago. My gosh, time does fly. I think about five years ago, I found that um, the website, the blog was, um, plateauing you know at a good level but it wasn't necessarily growing much more so right now in terms of size I'm maintaining that so I thought about YouTube in terms of breaking out into a new audience so uh, the, the blog was, is very much parents carers and teachers whilst YouTube is very much the kids themselves so it's, it is it is the same audience but different because I'm reaching them in a different way uh, so I thought YouTube just would be interesting and fun from that point of view to see what it was like to actually work with the kids directly, so to speak. So that was my motivation for going on YouTube. I kind of wanted to just get a new a new audience, so to speak, even though it's the same people, just from a different angle. Um, mm. And I think the thing with YouTube, especially if anyone's listening and considering YouTube, um, I actually think it's not 
as scary as people think. So you're right, you know, there's the whole videoing and editing and whatever, but uh, modern telephones, <laughs> iPhones are amazing, um, or, or even Androids, they have amazing cameras. Um, you know, all, all you really need to do a, a basic YouTube video is a phone and a window with some good light. And that, that's all you need to get started. Um, and I think that's, that, that's key. And I think maybe back to also what I did with the blog, my ambitions for the blog were relatively low to begin with. I had the same with YouTube. My ambitions, I didn't want, I knew I couldn't create a perfectly polished video because I didn't have the skills. So I was easy on myself and I just went, but this is good enough for now. And as with the blog, I learned as I went along. So my editing got a little bit better. You know, as, as, as I saw it growing, I, I invested in a little bit of some lights, you know, that, that kind of thing. But even then, I would say my setup for creating videos now is still quite simple. You know, I still use my iPhone. A lot of YouTubers, in inverted commas, my size, have the most amazing cameras and three different lights. And they use Final Cut Pro and they use or, or, or whatever to edit. I still use iMovies, <laughs> you know, so you, you can achieve quite a lot by um, keeping things simple. And also, um, this really applies to blogging as well as comparison is, is the thief of joy. You know, don't, don't worry about what other people are doing. Focus on yourself and what you're doing and work at the pace that suits you. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. I love that. One of my favorite quotes as well um, that you've thrown in there. And it is, yeah. it's very, you know, it, it, the, the struggle is real with, com yes. with comparing ourselves. And we do all do it naturally, but it's just being aware of that, isn't it? And not totally. letting it yeah, stop us from moving us forward. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, people often use, also use the, 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 the analogy of it's like, a, it's like a book, you know, and you might be at the beginning of the story and I might be on my fifth chapter and you can't jump forward. You know, I, it did take me 10 years to get to where I am. And, you know, in 10 years time, whoever's listening will also be somewhere on their journey. And um, it's, it's very risky to, to, to say, you know, but I wanted to be doing what that person's doing because, you know, we all have different backgrounds, different experiences. Our home lives are different. Our children have different needs. You know, uh, friends have got four kids, uh, mine are of school age. You know, it's, it's, we all have very different backgrounds and very different time restraints or even financial restraints and all that kind of stuff. So I think going easy on yourself, but still staying focused is very important. Yeah, it's so true. And it, that great analogy of the book, which I love, by the way, I'm going to be stealing that oh, one. It's, it's a great um, one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, brings me really, it brings me really nicely onto um, your book, your second book, I think mm. it is, which mm -hmm. uh, came out on the 10th of September, which yeah. is super exciting. So just tell us a little bit about that book and how it came about. Uh, so uh, I basically wrote it because I wrote one six years ago and loads of people have been saying, when's your next book out? <laughs> so I thought, oh, it's about time I got another book out. But I also wrote it because I, you know, I mentioned my YouTube kids and I mentioned uh, how the blog is for parents and carers. So the first book was very much about the parents and the carers. And the second book was very much about my YouTube kids. I, I call them my kids. They're not really mine, obviously. But over the years, I've had so many comments and feedback and thoughts. And, and it just gave me a real insight into how kids these days um, basically, they don't get the opportunity to be creative very much because they're busy with schoolwork and schools don't have the resources to give 
art that much time at home they often don't have the space because you know we all live in smaller and smaller properties with more and more stuff or uh, parents don't always understand or, or know how to help the you know how to craft at home with them because they either don't have time or they don't like it or that and that, you know all of that is totally fair enough or you know there's not you no know, not enough money to go around and then also there's you know a lot of the kids just aren't unconfident yet they do love to create so I, I wanted to write a book that was um for them so that they could get confident and enjoyment and fun and then go off from what they've learned in my book and create lots more stuff of their own that they really enjoy making so it's it's called easy paper projects and it's all easy and it's all paper <laughs> and uh, you know really low cost materials really simple really easy and, and that was sort of the thought behind the, the book but again, in terms of sort of working and how it fits in with rented art, I think, um, you know, we've spoken about this before. It's about, uh, it, it's very good for me as well, obviously, because then I can, um, I'm an established author with two books. So it, it fits into, you know, me, Maggie Woodley and, and my portfolio and brand and CV and all that kind of stuff. So I think writing a book is, 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 is can be quite valuable from that point of view as well. Oh, yeah, you know, that I totally agree yeah. with you on that. Absolutely. Um, I think having a book or it didn't, and it doesn't always have to be a book either. I think it's just having something which people can associate with you. Um, yeah. So whether it's a podcast or, yeah. or a book or a blog or, you know, it's just something that's yours, where it's your space where you can kind of show who you are and, and people can really touch you and, and kind of you know, I say feel you, but it's about visibility, yeah, isn't it? It's it about is, people yeah. being able to connect with you is, is a really important thing. But I'm sure, you know, as all writers, we can sometimes be, you know, a little bit nervous about putting ourselves out there. So, you know, what kind of mindset struggles did you have to deal with when you were writing the book? Um, yes, <laughs> that's a good one. Because even now that it's published and it's out there and I've had loads of people be super nice about the book, part of me is always like, oh, but is it good enough? So I think that is a really uh, tricky thing that I'm sure most of us feel at some point is, is that whole, am I a bit of a fraud? <laughs> you know, am I good enough to write this? Is, is Are my ideas good enough? Um, will people like it? So it's that self-doubt. Uh, and, and also I think we are our own worst critics, aren't we? We all know where the little flaw is. I know where the flaws of the book are. You probably will never notice them, you know, but then that's because I wrote it and I'm so involved with it and I know everything. And um, so I think, I think, the biggest struggle was uh, that, that self-criticism because I had to take all the photos for it as well. And I had to take them in deepest, darkest December and January, which is if anyone who takes photos or creates videos knows is the worst time of the year you could possibly take photos about anything. So I had the extra challenge of it being super dark. Um, and, uh, you know, so I did question the quality of the photos. But again, when you talk to other people, they were like, no, it's lovely. It's really bright. It's really cheerful. It's really colorful, you know, that kind of stuff. So, so I think the biggest mindset challenge is actually myself, um, maybe back to being that. I mean, I'm not a perfectionist, but I do work to a, uh, to a quite a perfect level. But I think you might be perfectionist yet beyond that, because I do know that I've got limitations, but you still want it to be really good. And then I think uh, in terms of sort of just fitting it in, I mean, the other thing is if it, it is a big project. So I guess it's anything, not just a, not just a book, but if you're, you know, writing a, a, a course or, um, you know, setting up an, a, you know, a franchise or whatever, but it, it, it is a huge separate project to your day-to-day -day work. So there was a lot of around about how do you juggle 
day-to-day -day work with this project in my case writing a book and trying to make these to meet and still be nice to your family and still see your friends so you need to balance that as well because you otherwise you burn out and burnout is is quite a big risk I think when you're working on your own and especially if you're taking on quite a lot of stuff so the book writing process I, I hear from a lot of bloggers who have also written books you know the burnout is a, is a real thing and you do have to look out for yourself so how do you, I mean, can you give us some tips about how you overcome some of those issues? I mean, how do you sort of ignore that doubting voice in your head? And, and what kind of ways do you organize your time? So the self-doubt, uh, what I relied heavily on, uh, I had a couple of friends who aren't crafters, who are local mums, who are um, also self-employed. And, and so we talk a lot about what we do, but we're very different industries. But to one of them, I would regularly text message my pictures and go, I've made this today. What do you think? And she'd come back going, yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. Or yeah, that's all right. You know, whatever. So it was really nice to have um, that little bit of feedback from somebody uh, who has actually nothing to do with the process and have that fresh pair of eyes. So I guess you, you you need to find yourself a, um, a cheerleader and I have online cheerleaders as well so there's a couple that if I was super pleased with the craft that I did do for the book I, I, I couldn't resist sending it to them and going look I'm really pleased with that so I think it's okay to surround yourself with those cheerleaders and to tap into that support because people you know your friends want you to do well and I think that was invaluable for me to have that is to have you know, and I choke to my kids at the end of the day, they'll come home from school and I go, guess what I made today? And then I choke to them and I could see from their reaction whether that was good or not. So, so I think um, going external to get positive feedback where you know you're going to get it because I kind of knew none of them would say it's, it's horrible. Although my kids are brutally honest, but that's also good. Um, so, so if you've got that self-doubt, it's, it's, it's okay to, to try and find yourself either a mentor or a cheerleader or somebody that you can bounce ideas off and just say, do you mind whilst I'm going through this process if once a week I talk to you about it or something? And I think that's a, a really good tool to support you. And in terms of the workload, I basically um, decided that three days a week I would do my normal work and two days a week I would write the book. And I knew I would have to do that for about two months. And in those two months, I also... Um, said to my friends and family actually you know what I, I can't meet you for coffee and I can't go for lunch and I can't um you know you can't do those things where you would normally take a bit of time out and I just said it's only for two months and when I've when I've got through this I'm back <laughs> and that I think that was quite good because also when it it meant I didn't feel so guilty if somebody said oh do you want to come see this exhibition with me I'd be like no no I'm still doing the book I'm still so so I was just open with people that I was going to have a really busy time and um, I also lowered my expectations for my day-to-day -day work. So, you know, I, I, instead, of those, instead of those two blog posts a week, I, I did maybe one. And then I rehashed old content a lot, if that makes sense. So I think, you know, I think, I don't know if that's called being realistic or something, but I, I lowered my expectations for my existing work. I, I was regimental about working on the book on a Thursday and the Friday that was all I did and I tried to not even turn anything else on and um, I did then take out the kind of the social aspect and said for two months I just can't be social and then after that I'm back and I think that wor that worked for me anyway. 
And, and having those kind of daily practices and habits is so important in your business or with a project you're doing or whatever it is you're trying to grow because, you know, guys, consistency mm. is what delivers results. Even if it feels like you're making really small progress, every step yes. forward that you take is leading you towards your goal. So love that you had that kind of discipline, yes. Maggie, which, yes. Is, yes. which is great and something that a lot of people struggle with. So it's great to hear that, you know, yeah. you had that discipline and it did give you the results that you were, that you were looking for, which is fantastic. Yeah. But with so much, I mean, you've got so much going on at the moment, you know, you've got obviously doing the work on, on promoting the book and you've got, you know, the YouTube and the blog and everything. So with so much going on, how do you uh, make time to focus on your needs? How important do you feel self-care is and what do you do when you're taking time out for you? Uh, yep, hugely important. Um, as we all know, um, we do need to look after ourselves and we do, um, you know, burnout is a real thing. So, uh, I, so, so personally, I, I try and, especially now that the book stuff's done, <laughs> well, most of it's done, like you said, still some promoting going on, but not, but not as much. Um, you know, I do make sure that I exercise regularly. So I, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm a big fan of the 10,000 steps. Um, which often means I need to pop out at lunchtime and instead of ordering, you know, all our food shopping will do online, but I'll still pop out to buy some bananas or something. May need to get the steps in, not because we really need the bananas. Um, or I have friends that I meet up with just for a quick walk and things like that. You know, I try going for a run, I try and do, I do Pilates, I do a swim. And, you know, over time I've fitted it in on different days and got this little timetable of activities that I do during term time in the summer you know that's when the kids are off school is a different story but um i think exercise and eating well so cheesy but it's so true it's so important sleep i sleep a lot i, I get eight eight to nine hours a night just because personally i need it everyone's different so if you're a night owl that's great but then make sure you rest during the day that that kind of thing and then also um you know i started this job in order to be flexible so um I do have this thing in my head that I always say yes to face to face time with friends. So if I have a friend who says, do you want to go for coffee? Even though I might have a really busy week, I'll say yes, because I know it's healthy to get out there and see people, especially as we work in our little offices by ourselves. And although I have lots of online friends and I still do the school runs, so I still see people at the school gates and stuff, but you also need to get out there and see real people in real life. So part of my self-care is to always say yes to people um, because I can always make my workload work because it's flexible at the end of the day. And, you know, if I, if my to-do list has one item that gets moved to Monday, that's fine. But within the context of consistency, of course. So I never miss a YouTube upload and I never miss the, that blog post but I do always try and say yes to, to friends because I think that's a really important part of your um, health and well-being. Always say yes to face-to-face -to -face time with your friends, guys. Getting out there and away from your desk is so important. I know it's something I'm terribly guilty yes. of. Yeah. Um, as all my business uh, really is run online and all my client work is done online. So I really love that. And I'm going to make that one of my mantras coming up, Maggie, because I think that's fantastic. I um, just want to ask you a quick question about role models, because you are a role model for so many people starting out in blogging and crafting, and they look to what you've done and the, the art of the possible. But who do you look to for your inspiration? 
Well, firstly, thank you for calling me a role model. It's very kind of you. Um, and for me, in terms of inspiration, I, I think it's back to my community again. Um, you know, we do share a lot of tips and, and back to again that how we are all have all different strengths and weaknesses. So, um, you know, some people are really good at working with, with brands and being out there and they love networking and they really enjoy the process. And you'll go to an event with them and you just see them working the room, but in a really natural way that you can, you know, you know that they're really enjoying what they're doing. So I think, um, in terms of sort of my day to day at the moment, it, it is very much my peer group in, in, in hearing what they're up to, listening to them, um, you know, asking them for advice about a specific uh, skill that they've got. So I've got another friend who's very good at SEO. So we often talk about that kind of stuff as she'll then ask me maybe about um, YouTube videos and how to, uh, you know, best upload those and that kind of thing. So it's, a, it's very much a skills trading thing. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's finding people and asking questions and listening and hearing what, what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, and, and I think everyone just comes with a different strength rather than one person that I want to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, finding those people that, that you can reach out to, and even if, you know, they don't have to be people in your community, guys, virtual mentors, really, really important, really useful, whether it's somebody that you follow on YouTube or somebody whose books you read or someone who you love to follow on Instagram, who just inspires you, you know, use that inspiration to drive you forward and to motivate you. It's, it's a great way to kind of get yourself going when we kind of feel those challenges come up and talking about challenges just for a minute what would you say are kind of the big challenges that you're working on right now in your business I know that you have mentioned delegation and hiring is something that is kind of on your agenda so tell us a bit about that yeah that's been on my on my agenda for like two years so you can see that I'm, I'm not doing very well with it um uh, which which is you know we all have our weaknesses in other words um I, I find it I, I feel sometimes that I could make a massive step change with Red Ted Art if I made that commitment to hire a team whether it's one or two or three people I don't know and um that's that's a bit I struggle with is that um where I am now with Red Ted Art is is a good place for me and for my family but the big question is where, not where will I be in five years time, but where could Red Ted Art be in five years time? So if you had like say an outside investor come in and go, well, you know, if you went to Dragon's Den with it and had somebody who's got, uh, you know, very different way of looking at things, what would they do with Red Ted Art as a business? And, um, and I think about it every so often and then I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. So then I just go back to the day job. And it's very, very easy to let yourself get distracted by the day job because there's always so much to do. And um, that is my big challenge is, you know, where do I really want it to be going forward? And how can I make even more of the current brand? So, so one thing I did do this year, which will help me that way is I, I properly rebranded it. So I've, I've always made do with just the name Redhead Art and the logo that I'd randomly picked up somewhere. Whereas this year I introduced, um, you know, a new font and new colors and a, a little mascot called Ted who's adorable and who I love. And it just, I think it just helps me now think of it more as a brand rather than just a website, if that makes sense. And I'm dabbling now a little bit in 
you know a little bit of merchandising which a lot of people who are on youtube talk about but but you know i could i could look into things like franchising i could look into um more e-products you know so so those ideas are always floating around in my head but i i have to confess i still struggle with the delegating and outsourcing <laughs> i'm not quite sure how to address that one i get help from people i do have people that work with me but it's not con continuous it's, it's sporadic so every so often i'll outsource a little bit but i don't have a, a permanent team so to speak and is that something is that a goal that you're setting yourself maybe coming up for the rest of the year or 2020 to kind of get that issue nailed well i think what i need to nail is what or who do i need and why so um i think a lot of bloggers get to a certain point where they all think that if they have a virtual assistant or somebody who writes their blog posts for them you know you might take the photos or whatever and they do the rest um you know that's the next step that but I'd, i'm not convinced that that's what i really need uh, so I think I need to, I think the, the, the real challenge is working. I, I, I need that five-year plan. Um, and yes, <laughs> that's a goal for, um, you know, by the end of the year, I need to figure out, you know, I, it, I think it's not necessarily a bad answer to say to keep it as it is. But if I do keep it as it is, it should be a conscious decision rather than a decision because it's been drifting. Yes, being intentional in building our businesses or staying where we are and maintaining yeah. is so important. So I'm going to hold you accountable to that, my gear. I hope that's okay. I'm going to yes. check no, no, in with do. you. Please I'm do. going to check please in with you and yeah. find out how you're getting on with that. Yeah. Okay, um, it's just been fantastic speaking to you. I, I'm so much value and so many great tips, but it would just be really great to wrap up if we can. If anyone's listening to this episode and feeling inspired to start living their dreams, using their passions to create a business, what kind of tips or what advice would you give them to get started? So uh, first, you do need to find something that you really enjoy, uh, obviously, because um, there are going to be days when you're not so keen i mean even now i mean I, I do love crafts but i've got a couple of weeks you know there's weeks here and there where i'm totally unmotivated but you know you have to plow on so you, you definitely need something that you, you you like or you're passionate about the topic as a whole so I, i'm actually passionate about helping kids enjoy crafts so even though i like crafts myself i want other people to enjoy it at the same level if that makes sense so it's not necessarily mm -hmm. you have to you don't have to enjoy uh, cooking yourself but you have to enjoy the fact that people are eating healthily or something you know so it's, there's got to be that you know you have to think about your audience and the joy you bring to them as well i think um you have to be kind to yourself and set realistic goals so um you know you, you can't do everything at once and you can't go from naught to 100 in in 10 seconds i mean some people do but you know you don't most people don't um and it's just being realistic and um having those achievable goals so i think for me the, those smaller like the food shopping those kind of goals were really important part of what I did rather than saying, I, you know, I want to be paying the mortgage because, you know, it, you've got to be able to bite sized chunks are really important. And then I do think, um, and this is where I see most other bloggers fail, not all other bloggers, but the ones that fail is if, if, if they're not consistent. So I know we've said this several times now throughout this podcast and you've also emphasized it, but this consistency really is key. And uh, it, I, in a way, it also helps motivate because if you know that 
every Friday is your newsletter. Even if you don't want to write it or you don't know what to say, you still need to write it. <laughs> and um, more often than not, your readers won't even notice that you had a week where you weren't particularly passionate or enthusiastic or disinterested or whatever. They just see the newsletter, they enjoy it or whatever. But um, if you don't have that consistency, you just won't get any growth whatsoever. Um, you know, on YouTube as well, I was consistent with two videos a week in the last five years and I've never not put up two videos a week. Some of them are not very good but that's okay. I still did it. <laughs> and others where I thought they weren't very good ended up being viral videos, right? So sometimes when you think you're not being in your best performance, actually something ingenious comes from it. So the consistency and without the consistency, I would never have created that viral video or, or whatever. Right. So I think passion, uh, being realistic and being consistent are probably my, my three top, tips or themes for for your listeners three fantastic tips there guys follow your passions be realistic about the goals you set yourself and be consistent three great mantras to to have whenever you're trying to build something new Maggie, I've learned so much listening to your story today and I'm sure all the listeners out there have too. And I know they're going to want to know where to go to find out more. So where are the best places to connect with you? Obviously, we've talked about your website, redtedart.com and I know you're active on Instagram at Red Ted Art, and obviously there's your YouTube channel. Is there anywhere else? Um, or just reach out to me uh, on Facebook as Maggie Woodley. Um, I use it very much for work as I do on a personal level. So just ask me questions. Twitter, I don't see so much. I don't, you know, it's not as important anymore. But or, or even email me. So um, just just start start that conversation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to try and help where I can. And where can we get a copy of your brand new book, Easy Paper Projects? Uh, the easiest place is Amazon because Amazon has everything. So if you're in the US or in the UK, Amazon has it. If you're worldwide, um, the book depository has it and uh, they do what free shipping. So that's always quite handy. Fantastic. Going to be going and getting a copy of that. It's such a great Christmas present with Christmas yes. coming up, guys. Yes. Yes. Fab yes. gift for kids. So get your orders in now. Maggie, mm -hmm. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Isn't Maggie inspirational? I can't even imagine getting 2 million views on a video I've created. But Maggie is just so down to earth and I love chatting with her and listening to her journey and tips. Leave me a comment or drop me a note on Facebook or Instagram and let me know what your favourite tip was and what resonated most with you from this interview. I'd read all your comments and reply personally, so do get in touch. Okay, that's it from me today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know your time is valuable and I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Before I go, I would love you to join us in the Ideal Life Club Facebook community, a supportive space I've created on Facebook for ambitious women who want to grow themselves as well as their business. To find out more and join us, head over to michellereevescoaching.com forward slash Ideal Life Club. And finally, if you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would comment, subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes so that more amazing women can find us. 
In the meantime, until next week, be positive, be powerful, be productive and keep fast tracking your ideal life. Bye for now.